4: Welcome to the show, everybody, you're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. And if you're interested in having extra shows every week, go to the confessionalspodcast.com and sign up to become a member to the website because when you do that, every Thursday you have access to another show on the website. Now today we got a bonus show coming up. It's Black Friday. I know everybody's driving around doing some holiday shopping, starting that whole thing up. And I figured why not drop another show for you guys. So today we have Justin Fall, Wes Fall, and Chad Riley coming on the show to talk about their new documentary called Higher Entities. So we're going to listen to the trailer right now for the documentary. Then after the trailer, we're going to get right into the interview with the fellas. So let's go.
2: They came up with some type of of an agreement. It was like a treaty, basically. Uh, Some type of an agreement between the American government and this, what they were deeming to be an alien race.
1: I was aware that we had made a deal that uh, we would give them infrastructure, hiding places, labs, you know, out of the the human sight. I've been let privy to things that these people would be killed for if I named them. It was not only unethical and immoral, but that it was a program that was really connected with the demonic,
4: uh, with satanic forces. So the Collins elite start to get this information, to start arguing to the point where no, no, no. These, these things, these beings have been summoned demonically through satanic ritual, but there's not a lot of people listening. These guys with the resources that the US government has should have known that. They had access to people who could have told them that. So the question to ask is why did they come up with the conclusion they did? Finally, Los Alamos called her
1: and they said he died in a tragic accident, the details of which cannot be reviewed and the body cannot be recovered. And that's why I'm telling you,
0: be careful how hard you push, how far you push. He has witnessed the 10-foot giants and referred to themselves as the Nephilim, said that they were preparing for an intergalactic war with God and they believed that they were going to win.
1: This goes back to the beginning of civilization. Higher entities have been controlling and manipulating the governments of mankind. There's no evidence that this has stopped.
4: All right. Today, we got a great show coming up here. We have Wes Fall, Justin Fall, and Chad Riley joining us. The last time we heard from them, we did the Hollow Earth episode, and they are back to talk about their new documentary called Higher Entities, The Lost Tapes. Now, fellas, I just called it a documentary. Do you call it a documentary? I'd
1: say it is, man. It's a little different style than our previous uh previous films. It's more of a live action. So people have always said they want to, you know, be a fly on the wall with the things that we do. And we we just, you know, went for that uh that outlet and gave people that option. But um great to be back, Tony. Um thanks for having us on, man.
2: Yeah, man. Thanks, Tony.
4: Absolutely. Yep. I am glad you're back. And I'll tell you what, I think it was either Wes or Justin sent me the trailer for this. This film, and I got pumped. I mean, just the way it, you guys uh, made made the trailer look, but also the content that was going to be covered, I was like, "Yo, this is going to be awesome!" And I'm really glad we're talking about it and stuff. So, higher entities. Uh, are they higher physically above us? Like aliens, are they higher above us in spiritual, in the spiritual plane or both? Uh, you guys kind of cover a lot of stuff here when it comes to the alien idea and how deep it goes within the government. And I guess I'll just, I'll kick it off the way you guys did it on the documentary. Uh, Collins elite. What the heck is Collins elite? When you said that, I'm like, what is that? I've never heard of am Like flipping through all my notebooks. Where's Collins elite? I, (laughs) I couldn't find it anywhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know what it is. Uh, matter of fact, I had never heard of it. Uh, I guess maybe three years ago, I was kind of in the dark about them. And uh, Chad Riley was the one that told me about them. Wanted to know if I'd looked into it. And then uh, Darren Geisinger, uh, the guy that uh, you know, the he puts together the True Legends Conference with Steve Quell. Uh, he wrote the book Zero G's, and he's also in the film. Uh, he reached out to me. Uh, I guess it was uh, maybe maybe two years ago, roughly. I forget when, but he reached out to me and told me that uh, you know he has researched the Collins Elite and wanted to know if you know what my thoughts were. So uh, the Collins Elite is a group that goes back to the '40s, uh, and we have this this crazy scenario where uh, the Babylon working ritual took place. Jack Parsons, L. Ron Hubbard, they both are on record saying that they were successful. You know, Jack Parsons. Uh, he was a scientist. He was very much into the scientific method, and so he was not going to stop this ritual until it was successful. They performed the Babylon working ritual for so many years. I uh, forget, uh, forget the the exact year span, but it was in the late '40s uh, that they began and that they succeeded. It's important to note that what they were doing out in the desert was trying to bring about uh, a manifestation of the whore of Babylon. And this goes back to the 1918 ritual that Aleister Crowley was performing, known as the mantra Working Ritual. So we fast forward now into the late 40s. Jack Parsons, L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, for those who don't know, L. Ron Hubbard is the founder of Scientology. Uh, and he's also a science fiction writer. He wrote a whole lot of science fiction stories. Uh, but Jack like Parsons... Scientology? Exactly. <laughs> and that's pretty much... Scientology is actually... Uh, basically a big science fiction deception. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a hey, lot.
0: It took one of the stories and turned it into a movie called battlefield earth with John Travolta and, uh, Forrest Whitaker and a bunch of people. But did you notice that in that movie that they were like Nephilim giants
2: with elongated heads? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you had the elongated skulls and and there was a lot of weird doctrine that was taught in that movie. And and of course, I loved the movie. When I was younger, I saw it and I thought it was good uh, as a kid. But anyway, this is the guy. This is the guy who uh, he co-performed this uh, blood sex magic ritual with Jack Parsons in the desert of California. And again, they were doing this over the course of uh, like three or four years, I believe it was. Finally, it was successful. And they said that the horror Babylon came through, uh, a woman was impregnated, and the child was born a year later. Now, we don't really want to touch on all of that right now because I don't want to detour us from the, the content of higher entities. We, we did a really good job breaking down Babylon working in our last film we did called Belly of the Beast. So anyway, long story short, let's just break this down. Let's try to compress this. What happened was a portal got opened, according to people alive during that time, researchers. Um, When the portal got opened, things began to come through, and the federal government had to answer to this. Like they had to come up with an answer because people were now calling in, writing in, you know, basically stirring up all these questions about. What is going on? A lot of paranormal activity is taking place. UFO sightings, entities, all this crazy stuff was happening in California. Well, the federal government gets involved and they say we're gonna we're gonna research this. We're gonna investigate this.
0: Just that- it's also important to touch on the fact that there was a lot of stuff going on in 1947 spiritually. The whole thing about the, the, the Dead Sea Scrolls being found, Israel becoming a nation, even though it was agreed upon in 47, it wasn't announced until 48. And just all the things going on in 47, you know, you got Operation High Jump and just thing after thing after thing.
4: You know, you brought up a, a point there, Chad, and I, I, we'll get back on track here, Justin, in a second. But this is something that I often think about when I'm by myself in a truck staring out a window all day. Uh, the the years 1947, 1948, they seem to be very synchronistic in the sense that there seems to be a lot of things that pop up within the realm of what we deal with that come from those years. Has any of you guys noticed that? I mean, even the idea of like... orwell's book 1984 was written in 48 and how much we use that as far as like seeing what's going on within the world today in society it's just like to me 1947 1948 are really big years and i don't think we quite grasp how big they are sometimes
1: well just for the fact of the and per, pertaining to the film higher entities um after that ritual was performed and there was a, a rip that was uh opened and the space-time continuum um as Justin was mentioning, the the horror Babylon, um, they've they they claim that that came through, and we don't have any reason to doubt that. Um, but even even more so, you got the Kenneth Arnold, um, the events of him seeing the flying saucers. You have, uh, of course, the Roswell incident, um, and then moving forward from that, you've got the uh, the Luftwaffe uh, formation of the UFOs that actually swarmed the the White House. You know that happened in the years following that. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, there's a lot of things that took place there, but, but where the Collins elite come in is that they saw a shift and they wanted to get down to the bottom of it. So they went to Jack Parsons and said, you know, Hey, what's the deal here? And and he took uh, responsibility for it. He said that, yeah, this is, uh, this is due to the rituals that we were performing out in the desert.
4: Wow. And so those rituals that they're performing out in the desert, I mean, uh, from the outside looking in those times when somebody was, would say, yeah, I think it's because of me. Did they did they believe him? I mean, because it, it, it seems so incredible uh, to just uh, believe off the top, you know, just somebody saying, "Yeah, it's my fault."
2: Well, I think and they did. Just back. I, I think we need to back up. I, I think we we really got off track there for a minute, and uh, I don't want to confuse people, but you know, we we really need to fill in some holes here. We we just kind of jumped over a lot of information uh, without finishing our initial thought. Um, what happened was the government had to come up with answers for the questions that were coming in and so they they funded a private group which we don't know the name of this group by the way uh, but they they started a private group to investigate these things that group is the group that went to jack parsons and asked him you know are you responsible for this we, we can't we can't forget that jack parsons was was doing some major uh, he was used majorly by our government I mean before he blew himself up by accident uh, he had a major hand in in rocket technology uh, which was you know being utilized in research for military and uh, industrial and science purposes so Jack Parsons was kind of a hero to the government they had no problem going over and talking to him and saying did you you know did you cause this or is it your fault that these entities are coming through now. Yeah. Remember,
0: he also was not academically trained. He did not have any college degrees in any of this.
2: No, and and that's the thing is that he was channeling his material. He was getting his material from satanic sources. You know, we're, we're dealing with uh, you know automatic writing, channeled materials. But uh, this group that the government created, uh, they began to, I guess, get a little bit hungrier for the deeper matters. They knew that this was real. They knew that Jack Parsons made contact. They knew that there were entities you know, flooding through this, this rift and, the, and you know, this, this portal that was opened, and then they began to want more. You know, it was a we-can-do-better mentality. Now, this is going to come up later, uh, later in the investigation, this whole idea of a we-can-do-better. Um, they were not satisfied just with the answers they were getting, and so they began to seek out contact with these entities. Now, let me, let me say that one more time because some people are going to have a hard time with this. A secret, non-existent group inside of the federal government decided that they were going to try to contact these entities with satanic rituals. Because that's the only way that you can reach out to these things is by entering into occult practices. It was when that took place, Tony, that a small group, what's called a counterpoint group, this is a group that basically... um, they decided that they did not agree with what was taking place in the bigger group that they were a part of. They sparked out of all of this. This is this little group called the Collins Elite. And we're dealing with a group that says, hey, you know what? This is dangerous. We've gotten the answers we need. We don't need to be communicating with these entities. That was never the purpose of this investigation. None of us signed up for this, but now we're all involved in this. They thought... And their worldview that they had back then, because they had a Christian worldview, the Collins elite, from what we understand, they thought that we needed to force a theocracy over America, forcing everyone back under the law of Moses. They thought that that was going to be the only way to save us from this impending doom of these alien entities, these demonic entities. Now, in the 40s, we already knew, we have a declassified document, 6751. We already knew in the 40s that. Uh, the government knew that these entities were not aliens, but that they were interdimensional entities. And so real,
0: real, real, real quick, can I, can I also hit on another point that's real important about that document is that they basically came right out and stated that they were not coming from a reality like ours, that they were coming from an ethereal plane, and when – People who have studied the ethereal and esoteric and occult, stuff like that, they, they know what ethereal is. That's basically the realm of the gods. And, uh, you know, that they, it's basically what the gods breathe ethereal. Um, also, even drop terminology, like it said, people who are familiar with the locas and esoteric terms will understand this. That, that's another key point that needs to be hit on about this.
2: Yeah, you've got terminology that's used in this document that is, you know, right out of the textbooks of theosophy. Uh, you know, and and obviously, theosophy was rather large in California and still is. Uh, they've got the, the Theosophical Research Center over there. I believe it's been uh, dedicated to Manly P. Hall, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't want to get off track on all that, but... The government knew in the 40s, Tony. That's the bottom line. The government knew in the 40s because the FBI classified this document. They've been hiding this information. Uh, They knew about it in the 40s. They classified it. And somebody, a a member of of academia actually, wrote this document warning the government about this stuff. You know, The the FBI gets a lot of, of letters, I imagine, a lot of phone calls on a daily basis, and they don't really respond to all of it. They ignore most of what people tell them. Because most of it is just you know conspiracy theory, conjecture, uh, fear mongering, whatever. But for some strange reason, when they got this document, they classified it. You know, if why would you classify a document if it wasn't that big of a deal? Like if it was just some conspiracy theory, why would you classify it? So they classified it. It got buried for so long, but they forwarded around. It got forwarded to so many other prominent people in the government so that they were aware. Now, the last thing I want to say about this document before we, we move on, the guy who received it initially and the FBI, the one who received the document first, he said that they should not pay attention to it, that we should you know, just discard this document because the guy who wrote the document received all of this information through super normal means. Now, in modern day vernacular, what he was saying was, "We can't trust this document because it was received through spiritual purposes. you know that they, they were using occult practices to receive this information. They were entering into a paranormal practice, if you will, in order to get this information downloaded into their heads. and so the the initial federal agent said that we're going to just you know we're going to tell people just to uh, you know ignore this, we can't trust it, but then immediately, immediately they classify it. So they're not playing with a full deck here, yeah. if you follow what I'm saying.
4: So these doc, these documents and stuff that you were finding and stuff, you were finding them on the FBI vault, right? That
2: the, now the yeah, are- Chad, Chad found it. it I got to say, Chad's the f- the one who found the Easter egg uh, of six seven five one. Uh, Chad, you want to you want to talk yeah, on that?
0: Yeah, it was on the FBI uh, Vault.gov or whatever website, uh, going through UFO documents that they had in there, and you know some of them are like. Like one file might be like thirty different documents, another one might be two or three hundred, and so on. You have to you have to sit there and sift through them. But like I said, that was one that just literally, like I said, it, when it talked about these things blinking in and out of our reality, and it said that uh, they were coming from an ethereal plane uh, that something to do with our radar uh, was interfering with them. They believe that that may may have been what caused the the. Roswell crash. In fact, here's another thing. Most people, when they hear about Roswell, they think it was just one ship. No, there was three of them. There was three of them that went down uh, when uh, at the Roswell crash. Not just one. And uh, the, we have the document on that one as well, showing that they they recovered three craft that day. It's really
4: interesting the fact that we can find these unclassified things now on the internet, and uh, it, it's really beneficial for us to be able to put pieces together of the puzzle. Uh, you mentioned about, I think it was the Collins Elite that said that in order to deal with this, they had to go back to the law of Moses, uh, and they were, uh, I, they they were claiming to be of a Christian faith. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the idea of how they reconciled that theologically when it comes to Christ and his sacrifice on the cross and erasing? Uh, Hmm. the old law.
2: Yeah. We have to just be reminded here that, you know, we're dealing with people in the government who, you know, they're clearly not theologians. Okay. Uh, you know, these guys are not theologians. They, they obviously don't understand, uh, you know, the law of liberty and grace. They don't understand, uh, where we are. Uh, you know as a church as a body of Christ Well, so, we're
0: experiencing that to the to this day you know you got the Torah observers and you got the the Hebrew rooters that are that are in that same thought of uh, mind right there you're talking about
2: well there's a difference in in trying to you know live according to you know, God's instructions. There's a difference in that and trying to force people under a legalistic mindset with a checklist.
0: Yeah, and,
2: right. you know, I, I think, I, I think that a lot of people we have, we have to remind ourselves that, you know, it's not a matter of these guys were Christians per se, but they had what was considered a Christian worldview. Um, I, I may have miss that earlier, but that's, that's really what needs to get communicated. The Collins elite had a Christian worldview or a somewhat biblical perspective, uh, because back in that time period, that that was the common world view. The common world view was the Bible. Uh, you know, America has been back and forth. You know, we've kind of gone through seasons where Christianity is is accepted and received, and it's it's widely you know promoted. And then we've gone through seasons where Christianity is demonized and it's a religion of hate. It just it depends on on the timeline you're looking at. But back in the 40s and the 50s, uh, you know, we still had a somewhat moralistic society. Um, solely based on the fact that people thought America was a Christian nation, you know, which we've di- we've disproven that with history time and time again. But that was the worldview that was prominent in those days. It was not uncommon to find the Ten Commandments in a courthouse back in the '40s and '50s. You, f- you see what I'm saying here? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that they saw, they witnessed that these beings were being
1: contacted through satanic ritual. So immediately their discernment meter goes off, and they're like, "This is this is wrong. We shouldn't be, you know, tapping in like this, um, regardless of of what they were uh, receiving from it." Um, but on the back end of that, they had kind of like a dominionistic uh, mindset of if we force this this biblical theocracy on the public, that it would save us from it. And you know, we all know that you know the the scriptural uh, theocracy isn't going to take place until Christ returns. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not like it's dependent upon us to be able to prepare it for him.
2: And I think they were looking for an extreme measure because they were facing extreme measures. Uh, again, listen, we can speculate on on some of the thoughts that were going through their head, but we really we we don't know um, what we do know is that this information has been passed down and passed down secretly, um, so much so that it's it's likely that the last uh, the last living member of the Collins elite died, uh, you know, sometime in the last you know five to ten years. If I if you know, it's so secretive that you know this is. This is very much speculative to try to figure out you know, when they died and who all were part of this group. But what we do know is that it was a, it was a, a smaller branch off or a counterpoint group that rose up inside of a larger group. And when they came out, uh, they were trying to warn people that this was dangerous and that we shouldn't be doing it. But – a lot of people try to discount this idea by saying there's no real evidence of the Collins elite. And so part of this investigation was looking at other groups just like this that we can, you know, that we can, we can look to and we can talk to people about and, and we can validate or justify the idea that there are groups inside the government that are not okay with this and that these same types of satanic rituals are still going on behind closed doors with taxpayer dollars. And so, as long as our taxpayer dollars are paying for our government to do satanic rituals, uh, it's nice to know that there are some groups in the government that are that are coming up and that are speaking against these things. And that's where uh, Ray Boucher entered into the picture because he got pulled, you know, he got contacted by the Department of Defense by two agents, and they never said Collins Elite. They never used that language. However, everything that they spoke to Ray in private they were basically part of another group that was an identical cookie cutter almost of the Collins elite. Um, except there, I mean, there's, there's a couple of differences there, but it was the same idea of this group raising up in the government. And they were very concerned because they witnessed satanic rituals and even hinted at blood rituals of human sacrifice. And this was Mm -hmm. something that happened, you know, recently, like this was something that happened, uh, in the last 10 years, 15 years If you know, I, I, I don't remember the exact dates. Uh, I don't, I think it was early nineties, early nineties was when they contacted Ray. I don't remember uh, if Ray gave us that information, so I I don't know. Well, not Uh, only that, but also
0: remember, we also were contacted by somebody in the UN who was witnessing these rituals
2: taking place within the last year. True. Really? Wow. Yeah. there, there there was actually, it was a a ritual that took place in Chicago. I think it was, it it was not the UN directly, but it was a, un-sponsored event if i don't if i'm getting the information correctly uh but it was a like a world religion summit that took place and uh, yeah they uh they had a blood ritual that took place inside the forum uh to invite lucifer to manifest physically
4: Jeez. now i i'm assuming you can't either you don't have a ton of information outside of that or you probably can't share <laughs> any more information because i'd be stupid not yeah, to we i
0: kind of kind of our hands are kind of tied on that information, but it it is going to come out. Uh, they did contact us. We were all three present when when they were telling us what was going on, and basically our jaws were on the floor. We were just in shock.
4: And this is somebody who's active in government right now.
2: No, no this is a this is a guy who just goes to these events. Like okay. he uh, travels and he yeah he goes there to do his research, independent journalism, and uh, he contacted me. I guess it was a few days after. Uh, and I, I don't remember if, uh, I, I guess we were all here. It was while Ch- yeah, Chad was here. Wes was here. Uh, we were mm-hmm. all just, you know, uh, we were working on higher entities. And so we talked to this guy on Skype. He video chatted me and, uh, you know, we didn't record it or anything, but he, he gave us the testimony that they were trying to summon Lucifer physically, uh, by shedding their own blood inside of this, you know, this inner sanctum of, uh, this world parliament on religions or something along those lines. I don't know the exact name of the event. Again, this is not part of our film. This has nothing to do with our film directly. So uh, I'm not prepared to talk about it.
4: So, all right. So we're talking about the Collins elite uh, and the idea that they were contacting um, other realms and the idea of aliens being not from out there, but more interdimensional. Uh, how would this tie in with the Vatican? Uh, you know, you have them talking about they they need more uh, exorcists because the demonic possession is on the rise. Uh, we also have them saying that you know, I, I think it was the Pope, right, who said that you know he would baptize aliens if they were to come here or something like that. So, it, d- are they complicit in this in this stuff, or are they oblivious?
2: I, I think that uh, first of all, I just want to go on record to say that uh, it's our belief that the Vatican is. Um, the head of the largest false religion in the world. Um, We take, you know, we take a strong stance against Roman Catholicism. Uh, The Fourth Watch Films does, uh, Fourth Watch Ministries. We firmly believe that Catholicism is part of the beast system. Uh, Not to criticize any Catholics, a lot of Catholics are waking up and realizing that they're part of a false Babylonian system. Uh, Matter of fact, I've got friends that are coming out of the Catholic Church because they're, they're, you know, because of what this Pope is saying and doing, they're realizing that they've been part of a deception uh anyway i I say that just because the catholic church is for years has been involved in these things uh we've got the testimonies of malachi martin you know uh the the former uh exorcist of the vatican i mean he was he was working at the high levels in the vatican he was the Uh, head exorcist well he's dead now Uh, he's he he died a, a very interesting death, but uh, he began to speak out about a ritual that took place. And Tony, you've probably covered this on the on the confessionals. But a ritual took place uh, where they they called it the enthroning of Lucifer ritual. It took place uh, in a uh, an, an American branch and also in the Vatican. It happened simultaneously. They had a telephone uh, connection taking place so that they did the ritual literally at the same exact time. Uh, it was like like what North Carolina or South Carolina, uh, wherever this. Uh, this cathedral was. I'd have to again. These are things that, like, I, I wasn't prepared to talk about, so I don't have my notes. Um, but I can speak to that. Just to say, the Vatican, according to Malachi Martin, uh, performed a dual ritual that took place, and they enthroned Lucifer as the head of the Vatican uh, during this ritual. He's not the only Catholic to speak out about this. There was uh, other bishops involved who did speak out. And they even spoke out about some of the satanic masses, the black mass that would take place at St. Peter's Basilica uh, in, you know, in the Vatican. So they've been communicating with entities. Um, and it look, goes right back to what Aleister Crowley said, that you know, today they're, they're calling them angels and demons. Tomorrow they'll call them something else. The Vatican uh, you know, was dealing with the whole angel idea uh, back when they enthroned thrown Lucifer, and now they're trying to condition us to accept aliens. So I mean it's all part of the grand deception. Uh, we've also got a, uh, a former uh, IM, what was she former IMF attorney attorney for the IMF who says that there was uh, these large headed hybrids, you know, what we would call hybrids. She, she didn't call them a hybrid. she called them uh, hominid. I think she called them hominids. but she said that there's these large-headed uh, you know human type people living in the Vatican underground. That they're part of the system and the cover up of the Vatican is that the, you know these these uh, these hominids or whatever she called them that they were uh, large headed they had big blue eyes you know and they're uh, appearing you know all we could say was that they're the closest thing to a nephilim uh, a modern day nephilim that we could imagine uh, it's a tough situation because she got into a lot of trouble for saying that in an interview and i talked to her and she said she couldn't talk about it anymore but she got me in touch with another guy who could talk about it and you know the, he was very much deceived uh, they believe that these are the race that existed before man that's what the world believes like before adam and eve was you know they say that there was this crazy uh, supernatural advanced human race but they were like subhuman and according to these people they still live underground at the vatican
1: well, not, not only that, you were mentioning, Tony, about them saying that they would baptize aliens, or at least that conversation getting uh, yeah. brought up. Um, we've also heard of, uh, and I can't remember the guy's name, um, but it's a quote that you guys would probably remember. And, and it basically says something about them, uh, speaking of the, the, the quote-unquote aliens, um, that they're closer to God than we are. And so that when they when they do present themselves, they would have a better understanding of the gospel, and it would need to be basically you know retaught uh, in a different
0: way. Um, that uh, you know, you're this- talking about the the uh, the person at the Vatican who's a professor or whatever stuff who's uh, teaches at the Vatican. Um, Goodness. Go go ahead. I'm going to pull that comment up. because I know which one you're talking about. Go ahead. Bless well,
1: well, it just, it li- it's in line with everything else that's been said They're They're preparing the world or the people that listen to them and then follow them and their belief system. Um, it's, it's basically just preparing them, um, as is the, the movies and the TV shows preparing everyone else. Um, it's, it's getting us ready for that.
4: So they're, they're essentially erasing the gospel they're going to insert these higher entities to uh, to be the mediators between us and what the true meaning of the gospel is, kind of like uh, priests you know and, and the Pope where it's like uh, they're the mediator between us and God and now they're going to remove themselves from that and enter these higher entities to, to basically do just that, show us what it means and, and what this is all about.
0: All right. I've got the quote pulled up here it says uh very soon we will not have to deny our Christian faith but there is information coming from another world and once it is confirmed it is going to require a rereading of the gospel as we know it and it says uh Giuseppe Tanzella Nidi professor at Vatican University that's him wow what what did you call him his uh his name is Guseppe, Giuseppe G I U S E P P E
4: Giuseppe
0: yeah. Giuseppe, yeah Giuseppe Tanzello, needy
2: professor at Vatican University, dude, I think he would be highly offended with how you said his name, Chad <laughs> <laughs> I'm highly offended by what he said, <laughs> yeah, like like chad Chad just molested his name worse than the than the Catholics molest the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> oh
4: man so uh ray boucher <laughs> <laughs> not
2: not to be confused with bobby boucher
4: <laughs> i'll tell you what man uh now that you said bobby boucher i'm gonna be playing uh, a song at the end of this at uh, this interview for everybody that actually is one of the artists that i used to manage back in the day they have a song called bobby boucher i'll play it since
2: you, <laughs> you mentioned it no right. man I'll, i know we always like we joke about the water boy because like colonel sanders he's like uh well, mama's wrong again. <laughs> but no, uh, Ray Boucher, he, uh, he was hard to get in touch with, man. Uh, we, we struggled to get him on board because he's, he's very secretive, and, and he should be. You know, he, he was the head of MUFON for his state. Uh, Lutheran, I'm sorry, Anglican slash Lutheran slash Baptist exorcist, um, theologian very i mean the guy the guy's brilliant loves the lord uh has seems to have really good theology and doctrine and uh he you know he was contacted by these two individuals and uh wes and chad said that they they thought it was back in the 90s while he was the head of mufon um they contacted him because they needed an expert in the field of ufos theology and christianity like they needed somebody that they could cross all of those off with their expertise and to give them some educated information. And so that's what they did. They contacted him, they asked him to meet privately with them in a ho- excuse me, in a hotel room. And so he met with them privately and they began to divulge that there were groups inside of the federal government that were doing satanic rituals in order to make contact with higher entities. What they were deeming to be alien entities, and so Ray Boucher, of course, he listens to it all, and he gives his his take on it. You know, he gives them his take. Uh, I believe he met with them twice. I, I, I don't remember um, how many times he met with them, but I think he did say it was twice. But he said, in those meetings, they disclosed some information that really uh, upset him. He said he w- it was very, very hard to swallow. To conti- you know, to, you've been raised in, in you know what we believe to be Christian America, and then all of a sudden, you're told that uh, there's federal programs in the government that are doing satanic rituals that involve even human sacrifice. I, I mean, this is it's like where do you even like start to process something like that? And in the '90s, nonetheless, I get you know if if it was in the '90s, uh, even if it was last week, it doesn't it doesn't make it any easier to digest, you know. Um, I guess we're a little less shocked nowadays because of you know things we know with Bohemian Grove and and other things that the government has been involved in. But uh, Ray Boucher came out and he uh, you know he spoke about it a few times. Uh, He's been, he's done a couple interviews about it, but he, he's very careful who he talks to. And uh, Tony, we had to wait and wait and wait and wait. Finally, we took a leap of faith and drove to Nebraska because he told us that he would meet with us and he gave us a window. And so we drive to Nebraska. We, you know, we didn't even get our hotel until we got there. And then once we got our hotel and checked in, we texted him and, you know, we, we, you know, it was like the day of, we knew exactly what time he was going to, you know, where and uh, it was just like, everything was so last minute. Like we're, we're checking into our hotel and don't even know what time or where we're going to meet Ray Boucher. Um, why
4: is he, why is he so hard to communicate with like that? I mean, is it that he is intentionally trying to be standoffish with everybody because of what he knows? He doesn't know who he can trust or what?
2: It's a dangerous situation. You know, you got two people that are high up in the, gu- in, in the Department of Defense. Um, the information that they gave him is information that people would get killed over. I mean, if, if the average American knew that there were federal government programs that were doing satanic rituals, you know, that were uh, using abducted, I mean, there's only one way you're going to get a human sacrifice in the government, and that is an abduction. You know uh, you you have somebody who's abducted, they're taken into a secret chamber, and then they're sacrificed in a blood ritual. Um, there's no nice way of talking about that, and the fact that this is happening inside a federal defense project, you know we're not just dealing with some rogue agent we're dealing with i mean this is federal. You know these are projects that don't exist, but they're being paid for with taxpayer dollars. Sometimes, uh, I think it's important that uh, we we note that people can die over this information. This is not look. The federal government has killed people for far less than this information. You know the Clinton family has killed people for far less. Uh,
4: let the record state that Justin just said that, and not me. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just just anybody who's listening. <laughs> Tony Merkel did not say that.
2: Hey man, let me tell you something. The Clintons can take this body, bro, but they can't take my soul. And you know, the fact is, uh, they're gonna spend eternity burning in hell while I'm spending eternity worshiping Jesus. So they can do whatever they want to do. Repent. Do what? I was just saying, unless they repent. Yeah, well, the chances of that are pretty slim, I would have to go on record to say. Hey, but true. yeah. Did you ever hear
4: of Kanye West? I mean, let's go. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, I'm getting off track and stuff. But uh listen, I think that the story of Ray Boucher is very compelling. Uh, And I know that when it comes to this kind of stuff, there are going to be people who are going to choose not to believe it. And to those people, I would just say, just pause for a second and th- just think back to different episodes that we covered, different stories that you've heard throughout your life, and start trying to put puzzle pe- puzzle pieces together. Because when you start doing that, the story of Ray Boucher it becomes a puzzle piece to a grand picture. Here, it's not just its own individual thing, but it's just a piece of what's going on in this grand scheme of things.
2: Let, let me let me just say something real quick about Ray. Um, you know, we can sit here and we can talk about all of this, and we can break everything down but to actually be in the room with Ray Boucher looking at his face as he tells his personal testimony, um, that's what higher entities allows you to do. Higher entities takes you into a hotel room with Ray Boucher. You are up close and personal. You are in the middle of the conversation with us. And so once you see it and you feel the emotion and you I mean there, there's no denying it. Like when you're in that room talking with him and you're hearing what he's saying, it's like you know in your spirit that what this man is saying is exactly 100% truth. Like you just you know it. And then on top of that, in case there's people that are you know doubters, they're they're doubting the fact that that this stuff is going on. Uh, well, you know, I talked to Nick Pope, and so did Tom Horn. And and matter of fact, Nick Pope offered to be a part of this film, but it just didn't work out for us to get over and film him. I think he's in Arizona now, but he worked for. Uh, the United, uh, United Kingdoms, I forget the exact title he held in the, in the UK, but he worked for a task force that, that dealt with these types of phenomena for the government. Uh, you know, He's a very widely received uh, UFO and alien researcher internationally. He said that we should not doubt that there are counterpoint groups like the Collins elite because he says that they exist in the UK as well. So for every group that's doing these satanic rituals, you know, for every group that's contacting these entities and government agencies, there are smaller groups that are, you know, sprouting up of people who are warning people that this is dangerous. So there are still good groups and governments that are warning people about these things. Now, they're not the Collins elite. Ah, uh, they're international. You've got you've got groups in Australia, you've got groups in the UK, and in America that are all standing up against this, and and just to tap on that for a second, um, you know, I, I don't know, are we are we moving into Standeo just yet, or are we going to stick on Ray for a minute? Well,
4: I was actually going to bring up Standeo next, so go ahead.
2: So Standeo was inside of a base, a deep underground military base, working as a secret agent for the FBI, working directly with the United. Uh, I'm sorry, the United Kingdom, Britain, and with Australia. So they're in Australia working inside the Earth. You've got the governments of America, you know, Britain and Australia all working together on what we call alien technology. Now, what's fascinating about this is what Chad said earlier. Uh, around that same time that all of this stuff was going down you know you've got information you know you've got you've got some of the hollow earth connections here with admiral bird and with you know what he was doing operation high jump was a combined effort of the united states government the british government and australia those are the three legs to the table that went down and fought ufo's in antarctica and that's the same Group that's the same ally union that was working in Australia on anti gravity craft. They were working on psychic technologies. They were working on the ability to walk through walls. They were working on the ability to hurt people without touching them psychically. All of this was going on. And Stan Dale was a part of that group without realizing how deep they were going. He found out. He said that the people he was working with in those underground bases were directly working with alien entities of several different types he explained that there were you know there's different types of of what we would call aliens you know different types of manifestations if you want to go that route he said that they were working directly with his colleagues and that he heard detailed descriptions of these entities what they were doing and that they were working in their own layers like the 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 governments were creating these underground military bases, so that the entities could have a place to work in secrecy, and and, and you know in exchange for that, they were turning over some basic technologies, you know, some what, what we would call alien tech. They were giving that alien technology to the governments, and so they're working on anti gravity craft and and you know ray guns and different things that are just basic, you know, like Standeo says they're like they're lower level toys to the entities it's like the highest technology that man can work with but they're toys to these entities they're 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 you know not even scratching the surface of the technologies of heaven yet this is what they're giving the governments of the world to keep them pacified and so Stan is working in this group he's hearing all the details and he says that all of a sudden overnight a drop of a dime and the entire program gets corrupted and disbanded and they tell people, don't even take your stuff. Just go. Don't look back. Never talk about this to anybody else. But well, you remember, need to leave.
0: Remember he said that they literally took over. They took over and kicked everybody out.
2: Yeah, he said that the entities – and, and you know, it, it's crazy stuff, guys. Like you know, Stan Deo said some things that are just really mind-boggling, that you know, the entities turned on the government employees. You know their, their entities that they were working with that they at some point had a change of heart and that they kind of rebelled against some of the agreements that they made and it turned into a battle and they forced they forced you know they forced the humans out. That's what Stan says. Now for people who don't want to believe that, let me just give a little bit of credibility here for Standeo. Tom Horn told us he says that Standeo is known for saying some things that are kind of out there in left field. But he says that he can validate Stan Deo. As crazy as those things sound, he said Stan really was working with these governments. He said that Stan Deo was on the cover of a British newspaper standing with these two other guys, an Australian and a British. I I, I thought Tom said it was like an Australian and a British. But uh, he said that he had a copy of this newspaper years ago. It got burned up in his house fire. But he saw Stan Deo on the cover of a British paper, and it said that they were working on anti-gravity craft. Like that's right out of the mouth of Tom Horn, just to validate that Standeo really was over there, really was working with these top secret programs.
4: So what we're talking about now is that they, that whatever treaty they had was broken, they forced them out. And now we have uh, these entities underground on their own, doing whatever they, whatever. Let's
2: not mix up the treaties here. I, I want to be real clear about something. Standeo validated that our federal government the American government did, in fact, have a treaty with a group of entities uh, that some people refer to as the Eisenhower deal. Um, other people have started to call it the the Treaty of Greta. Some people call it the Eisenhower deal. But we're, we're talking about the meeting that took place. It was a media blackout between Eisenhower and a group of entities. He has a, a meeting at the Edwards Air Force Base. And They basically told everybody, because he was on vacation when it happened, and they told everybody that he had a chipped tooth. He had to have an emergency dental uh, dental appointment. Um, But Standeo is on record validating the fact that there was an Eisenhower deal that took place. That's the bottom line. Uh, The Eisenhower deal did happen, and Standeo knew that once he was in the program, he says it was common knowledge that a deal was made with Eisenhower. And he said that the deal happened when he would have been a kid, but he said that he knew because once he was in the program, it was just common knowledge to everyone that Eisenhower made a deal. And so he's not saying that that deal got reneged on. He's just saying that the deal that they had in Australia got reneged on. Like The deal in Australia was a whole different scenario than what Eisenhower uh-huh. dealt with. Gotcha. So you're dealing, you're dealing with multiple agreements that have been taking place, uh, taking place over the years in various governments with entities.
4: So with these entities that um have been communicating with us whether it's you know governmental or down to the individual that says that they've been abducted or they see these things or these things spoke to them telepathically. I know you guys talk about that uh with Derek Gilbert on this film and uh I was wondering one you can go into that as far as how you know that how Derek described that but did Stan Deo ever say that he had communications with these things where they would communicate like that?
0: He he actually said that he thought he encountered them. Um I know I've heard Justin uh, he reiterated that uh whenever he encountered uh, when he what was it he met them and he said he felt like a canary in a cage or something.
1: Yeah, the, he was at the uh, UN meeting and there were two um there were two people that he came into contact with and that it was basically him and them two having a conversation. Um, I think it was some type of, uh, economics or something, world economics, but regardless, um, yeah, he, he felt very, um, uneasy in his spirit and he, um, he felt like he says in the film, uh, like he was a canary in the cage and that they were, you know, the cat that were coming after him. Um, he does also, um, he mentions that he didn't see them, outside in the sunlight so that he can't verify that they were in fact uh the nordics which he describes as having like a like a oil slick on their skin if they're if they're in the sunlight um and and he does that when he breaks down the different types of entities but um i don't know that he necessarily personally had any type of you know telepath uh, telepathic um, incidences with them but um but the film does document that in order to break through into the spirit realm um, there is the, obviously the satanic ritual that takes place, but these projects were also working on um, telepathy, which Derek breaks down. That being this, you know, the spiritual aspect of that. Um, uh, Ray also talks about uh, the telekinesis. He also talks about the remote viewing that was practiced, and all this was channeled information that they got in um, different avenues to be able to to proceed in that.
4: Yeah, you know, uh, and it kind of goes along with a lot of different accounts that we've had on the show uh, of people saying that these things uh, were, it it seemed like they were physical, but yet spiritual at the same time. I had a guy on my show early on, and he said that he woke up to, I think he said it was three of these things that were pulling him off his bed. But at the same time that they were pulling him off his bed physically, is, he said it felt like they were pulling something out of him. And uh, he, he's a, a, a Christian Jew, actually. And so he comes to this with a very uh, theological perspective, but that was the way he described it. And it kind of falls in line with what you guys are talking about that, you know, because like Derek said in the film that, you know, they, they speak telepathically. Uh, it's because they're spiritual beings. You know, it, it's not that, right. you know, these things are, you know, Bigfoot walking around the woods or something. It, these things are very spiritual entities that uh, can do these such things. And I, I just find it very interesting, the more I hear people talk about these their encounters and their thoughts on it, the more my mind gets opened up to it as to what's going on here. Uh, I've learned a lot since I started the show. Let's put it that way.
1: No, absolutely, man. I think that there's different elements that, um, that need to be looked at. I mean, just looking at the biblical perspective of all this, um, if you go back to, well, go back to Genesis 6, um, what took place there, um, go into Sodom and Gomorrah, um, even, the, even the, the meeting of the angels um, with, with Abraham. Um, you know, they could sit down, they could eat, um, they could, and, and, uh, in Sodom and Gomorrah, they could actually physically, um, be grabbed, you know, grab their, their hands. Um, the, the people there, the men wanted to have sex with them, you know, so there is a physical aspect of them. Um, the Bible tells us that they can, you know, that angels can appear as, as men. Um, I guess the, the big question is, you know, are they going to be, um, heavenly angels? Are they part of God's heavenly hosts that follow after him or, are these beings the ones that, you know, fell with Satan and that follow after his game plan of bringing, you know, the enslavement to humanity? And what we do find out in these, um, these instances, um, like the ones that you just uh, brought up and, and other cases, um, that these beings that are in contact with, you, with humankind, um, they're bringing a different gospel. They're, they're all, um, they're, they're not benevolent. They're, they're malevolent. They're nefarious they have their own agenda that they're trying to fulfill. Um, and that's the way, I mean, that's the, that's the red flag here. That's the, um, deciding factor of, are these things good or are they evil? And, and that's what's, uh, that should be, uh, that should raise up, uh, questions in every Christian's mind, um, to find out and to have a stance because whenever it does take place, um, it's going to flip the world on its head. It's, um, it's, the world hasn't been ready for this yet. That's why it's been in, in secret for so long. And that's why the world has this de-superna- de-supernaturalized worldview. Um, they're not, they're not prepared for that. Um, for Christians, we need to look at it with a biblical perspective, call these things out for what they are, um, you know, um, to be prepared for whenever that disclosure does happen, because it's going to, if you're not solid in, in your biblical world worldview, and if you don't know the scripture, then it's going to destroy your paradigm.
4: Yeah. I've said this several times that I think when this happens, uh, I believe that there are a lot of Christians. Uh, I, I can't speak for the world, but I know America. And I think there's a lot of Christians in America that will walk away from their faith, uh, follow this new faith or commit suicide because they're that devastated because they don't right. know what sides up. And so it's the, the, the law, lo- the loss of meaning to life, uh, if that happens to a Christian, that's a very deep thing because you're you're living for some something so much greater than yourself as a Christian. So if you lose that and you have no idea which way is up, I think that there's a there, there's a lot of danger in this. But that's mm-hmm. what's supposed to happen, isn't it? I mean, that's that's exactly what is the plan to begin with. Uh, th- this is what they want, and so. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, to, to to take away, exterminate the old, and bring in the new. And whether the, the old converts to the new or dies off, it's not a big deal either way to them.
1: That's very true, man. They've um this has been this has been in the works um for, I mean, since the like like Derek points out, you know, since the Garden, um since since the fall, since the the conspiracy of uh, of Satan leaving his heavenly you know realm and being cast out um, he's trying to, he's hell bent on seeing this thing through, taking as many souls down with him as possible. And, um, it's, um, it's kind of frightening. It's, it's frightening times that we're living in.
0: And also, I mean, you got the, the, uh, what is it? Joe Jordan, who was also high up in MUFON. He was the one that was seeing, you know, all these cases that, You know, they weren't talking about this one particular thing that people who cried out in the name of Jesus, these encounters were ending. But if they accepted Jesus as their savior, they stopped altogether. They never reoccurred again. Those who just cried out in the name of Jesus but didn't accept Jesus, they would start up again. They, you know, they would, uh, you know, have encounters. And then on top of that, one of the guys that uh, we tried to get into the film, Greg Renrich, he, uh, you know, he had top secret clearance. I mean, he's been into Dulce. He's been into, uh, S4 out at Groom Lake, uh, area 51. And they made him sign an affidavit saying that they were not allowed to use the name Jesus underground in these facilities. You know, even if you stub your toe, you couldn't even say Jesus or Jesus Christ or anything like that, because like I said, you know, uh, it was not allowed.
4: Well, it's like that old song. There's power in the name of Jesus. Right. So, uh, I, I had, um, I had Joseph Jordan on the show just, I don't know, probably like a month ago. And, uh, that, that was a great interview and the things that you just said, he talked about on the show. Um, you know, guys, I appreciate you guys coming on to talk about higher entities and, uh, this next thing here, I I, I think I'm probably just gonna, we're going to start winding things down here, but, uh, Wes, Justin, I don't care which one of you guys want to take this, but I did come across this on YouTube and I wanted to just bring it up. Would you guys be able to, even in the short form, be able to tell the story that your dad shared on video with him exercising a woman that I guess was in the church or something? Uh, I found it a very interesting story, uh, especially, I think he said that that he's a Southern Baptist, right? So, I mean, that's something that's not typically talked about in the Southern Baptist uh, denomination.
2: Yeah. uh, Growing up, growing up, our dad always told us stories. He told us these stories of uh, things that he experienced in the church. He wanted us to know at a young age that we were dealing with spiritual warfare and that it wasn't just like a church mainstream understanding, but that it was like actual demons, that it was actual spirits involved. And so he taught us this stuff from a young age uh, in a time where the occult was really booming uh, matter of fact in in this part of Texas during this time it was not uncommon for people to uh go into Walmart or go into the grocery store and when they come back out they had satanic literature that was being placed on their cars uh, inviting people to different types of meetings and you know basically uh inviting people into these occult groups you know like church of satan type stuff uh there was a whole lot of different denominations in the occult and there still are but in the '90s in Texas, it was common to see these these uh, you know these pamphlets getting placed inside of people's windshield wipers in their parking lots of you know shopping malls and, and Walmart and all that. Anyway, people would bring these pamphlets into my dad because he was a pastor, and so people would come from the grocery store and they would have this on their car and they'd bring it to the pastor. Well, you know, I remember looking through those as a kid and and flipping through the pamphlets and my dad. You know, he uh, he had us watch some documentary films that were put out by uh, Jeremiah Films back in the day, uh, Pagan Invasion, and uh, so we grew up with a with an understanding of all of this stuff, at least as much as we could understand. Uh, But he, he's had several stories where he's been in the church and he's had to cast out demons. And if there's anybody, I just want to go ahead and say this, anybody listening to this, if you want to see the full testimony, uh, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Justin Fall, and you could just run a search. It's called a Baptist exorcism, a Baptist exorcism, and then just type in Justin Fall and it'll pop up. It's on my channel, but uh, he gives, he gives a couple of the stories where uh, oh, both of them were women, by the way. And uh, both of the women became demon-possessed, and it began to affect their families. In one, one of the instances, um, the husband and, and I think two or three of their sons uh, were in the house with the lady, and she began to speak in this, this crazy voice. like It was this, uh, almost like a man's voice coming out of her, and they held her down several times. They had to get on top of her and hold her down because she was trying to hurt herself. She seemed to be like a threat. If I remember the, the story correctly and the drawers in the kitchen and the cabinets began to like, like the doors on the, on the cabinets were just like opening and shutting really fast, just like uncontrollably um, silverware was flying out of the drawers, plates flying off the shelves, uh, which obviously that can only be done by you know demonic forces. There was nobody trying, you know, nobody was physically doing it. And, uh, that was just one of the stories, but she finally, she finally came, uh, you know, she got dealt with, let's just say they got dealt with at a revival service at the Baptist church. It was first Baptist Merritt Island, uh, kind of a mega church, a mega Baptist church, uh, down in, in Cocoa beach, Merritt Island, Florida. That's where I'm, uh, that's where I was born actually. And so, uh, the whole story is on there. I can't, I can't, you know, be perfect on detail and every little detail like my dad did, but, uh. It was a kind of drew out over you know over the course of so many days, and uh, they the family was just petrified. They said this has been going on for years, but they didn't know who to talk to because, you know, in the Baptist church, you know, just think about the looks you're going to get trying to go into a your, your average Baptist church your average you know, pre-tribulation rapture believing Baptist church uh, who believes that Republicans are good Christians and Democrats are evil. I, guess, I mean, that's, that's just the common belief in a lot of these mainstream Baptist churches. You know, they, they just, they're very, um, they're very based on the traditions of men as opposed to the scripture. At least that's what it's turned into over the years. And so this family didn't feel that they could come and and, and bring this to the church. Like they, they were, you know, I mean, they were at their breaking point when they finally talked to my dad. But yeah, he, he you know, the, the husband said this has been going on for years. We didn't know how to handle it. We didn't know who to talk to because who, who's going to believe us? Who who is really going to be willing to help us? And so uh, that that's kind of the the point of the story was that you know, my dad got involved and and he handled it biblically instead of you know the way that Hollywood teaches and uh, they they cast the demons out of the lady. Uh, she accepted Jesus and, you know, her whole life changed because that's what Jesus does. He's, he comes to set the captives free. And no matter what type of oppression you're under, no matter what type of temptations or whatever you're going through, you know, Jesus Christ can set you free. You know, he, he's a chain breaker. You know, the chains that hold us into these spiritual prisons, you know, he wants to set us free. He wants to deliver us from this system he wants to deliver us from babylon he doesn't want us to be living in chains and even you know even christians who are in bondage to sin you know jesus has the power jesus has the power to come in and to break those chains i mean that's the whole thing is like we don't have to be slaves to our sin anymore we don't have to be slaves to demons and we don't have to be oppressed because the power of christ doesn't mean every day is going to be fun. Doesn't mean we're never going to get depressed. Doesn't mean we're never going to get anxious. It just means that Jesus has already paid it all, and we need to call upon his name to get us through these things. Amen.
4: Amen. Amen. Guys, where can people get higher entities? Now, you got everybody just heard this interview, and we covered like one twentieth of what's on this DVD. So where can they get this stuff, whether it's DVD or digital form?
2: Uh, head on down to fourthwatchfilms.com. That's F O U R T H W A T C H F I L M S.com. Fourth Watch Films, all spelled out. Uh, there you can you can watch the trailer for higher entities. Uh, you can get the you can get the streaming package. If you want to watch it immediately, you can go ahead and watch it right there. Uh, it'll take you to Vimeo right there on our homepage, and uh, you can stream it. You can get the DVDs. We are currently running a promo on both of our films, on Hollow Earth Chronicles and Higher Entities. You can get them both as a double feature. Yeah, uh, that's, save- that's the one at
0: the top of the page. The combo deal is the first one at the top of the page. If you click on that photo, it will take you straight to it.
4: Yeah. And I highly suggest the combo deal because I've seen both documentaries and they're both great. So if you haven't watched both of them, definitely get the combo package. Uh, listen, guys, I do appreciate you coming on Chad. Are you still doing your radio show?
0: Uh, we are talking about, uh, getting back on. We've just been so busy, uh, uh, working on higher entities that, uh, uh, Kay had, uh, some medical problems that she was addressing and, uh, we were just waiting for her to get to where she was feeling uh, better to take care of that. So as soon as she's ready, we are ready to come back.
4: Awesome. Well, looking forward to it and fellas, thanks for being here. I really do appreciate it. And to the audience, uh, I know we talked a lot about faith today, Christianity, Jesus. And if, uh, if you got a problem with that, then, um, uh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, we've
3: been doing this. <laughs> oh. He's like, like that. <laughs> Yo. Huh? Yep. Yeah. Talk about that. Yes, supposed to talk about that. Yes, let's talk about that. Talk about that. Yes, let talk about that. this supposed to talk about that. Homes are stuck in the kitchen. Get away what you're drinking. But Bobby Boucher. Oh, yeah, it's grace is sufficient. But you talk about that. Yes, supposed to talk about that. Yes, let's talk about that. Talk about that. Yes, supposed to talk about that. Yes, supposed to talk about that. Homes are stuck in the kitchen. Get away what you drinking. But Bobby Boucher. Oh, yeah, his grace is sufficient. Tell that I'm hungry Eat these up for dinner Not too fond of the sin But he in love with the sinner I've been scratching the surface With fabuloso beginner We came to turn the heat up Let's prepare for the winner Jack Frost in the mirror I'm a stinking spitting image Of my pops Look familiar Look like my pops, I'm familiar Like the thing my familiar Andre and Cecilia Puerto Plata, San Pedro, La Vega, Providencia Oh, and Nueva York Oh, ain't, ain't, ain't no place like New York, si señor, si señor. Ain't no place like New York. I got water for days, living water. Approach, Bobby Boucher, that's quality H2O. But you talking about that? You what's talking talk about that? You what's talking talk about that? Talk about that. Yeah. here's ain't talk about that. Yeah. here's ain't talk about that. Bones are stuck in the kitchen. Gatorade, what you drinking? Bobby Boucher. Oh yeah, his the grace is sufficient. sufficient. What you talking about? Grace that? is sufficient. Been persistent with spitting. Twelve y- y- years in the kitchen, cooking the blinds for the scrimmage. My, my my mama, my mama said this water was living, but you gotta purify it. because good g- Gators was swimming in it. Look at it, his demeanor. Mercy show while he platinum fools. Playbook given by Coach Klein And a full take of this Tackle So what you think about tackling me from a bit the big with my mistake a Mistake, hey, how you gonna sit straight For the fix you gon' twitch when you get that <laughs> <laughs> H2O, no more <laughs> Really, boy, go home uh, y- y- You ain't got no b- b- place here When you hear a <laughs> b- b- Better shiver and fear What you talking about? Gotta tell on the track, I'm telling Where
5: the got is free, no selling Floods of living water. Christ's a crime? Then I'm a felon. In it for the long haul, no bailin'. We winners over here, no failin'. He died for me, even though I'm the one that put the nail in. Put the nail on the coffin, done. Since gone since I met the son. Back wild on the beat, any day the week. Show him how it should be done. Wild out, put the world out. Regime the team, let the herd out. Bombard the streets with the six six books and rearrange. Let the herd out. Flowers raw, saw the paw, changed up, son of God, no exception. For all of y'all, salvation, blood bought, yeah. I hit the booth, yeah. spit the truth, yeah. man on fire, weed approved, spit it so raw till it says so long. Living his grace and not the law. Ooh. Devil's watching, lying on the paw, switched up, South Paul. I'm a rebel to sit, I'm a outlaw. I'm a big shit, I'm an outlaw, wild card, box him out, champion, cross on my back, i am a carry on. Heavily bond with the icon. Picture that Nikon. That with no intensity. You said it was alright to fight
1: back. and I just started thinking about all the people who, who've been mean to me over the years. That's it. But you're talking about oh. that. You
3: ain't supposed to talk about that. You ain't supposed to talk about that. Talk about that. This was talk about that yes was talk about that homes are stuck in the kitchen get away what you drinking but bobby Boucher. oh yeah is grace sufficient but you talk about that This was talk about that This was talk about that talk about that This was talk about that yes' was talk about that homes are stuck in the kitchen get away what you drinking but bobby Boucher. oh yeah is grace sufficient yeah